0: how many love him. When the day of Pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting there appeared unto them cloven tongues or divided tongues as of fire and it set upon each of them they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance I find it interesting When God brought Israel out of Egypt, he brought them out with a pillar of fire. When God is getting ready to bring his people in to a new covenant, he brings them in with pillars of fire. Everybody gets their own flame. I want to tell you something. Just keep playing, Brian. I want to tell you something about the book of Acts. It is a biography. Say a biography. A biography. You know what a biography is? It is the story Of a living person and the details of that person's life well the book of Acts is the biography of the early church it tells the players the plot the drama the development the warfare the victory it's what the book of Acts is it's a biography of the story of the people of God and one of the most beautiful things about the biography of the church found in the book of Acts I think one of the most powerful things given to us is the portion of the birth of the church. How many know the church is a living thing? I said, how many know the church is a living thing? Church is not a dead thing. The church is not a dead entity. The church is a living thing. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1 that we are lively stones. We are not dead rocks. We are lively stones that are being built together to build up the house of the Lord now some of you right now can't receive this because you, 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 right now you're saying why is he having to preach I'm not preaching I'm giving you the word of the Lord and some of you need to hear what the word of the Lord is to this house today we are not a dead house we are a living house made up of lively stones and, and, and anything alive had a birthday anything living had a birthday because the church is living the church had a birth And the birthday of the church is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now you understand, sisters, I'm going to need some help from you on this. You understand that when you have a day something was born, it didn't just happen the day it was born. There's a process of birth. Come on in here, sisters, and say something. You didn't just show up to the hospital unknowingly ready for birth. Birth had several milestones with it. It came with the day you found out you were pregnant. It came with some moments where you felt the baby move on the inside. In fact, there came a point in everything that, that, that you've ever been, uh, sisters, every child you've had uh, in your womb, there came a point when you began to show Things move, things show. You found out you were pregnant, but then there comes a day where you can't hold the child within you back anymore. anymore. It actually has to come forth. That's why the Bible said in Acts chapter 2 verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost had fully come. In other words, the plan of God throughout the ages had consummated and crescendoed into the moment that what God had hidden and and kept back for that moment was about to be revealed. And God said the day of Pentecost is the birthday of the church. I want the church to come screaming through the womb of the Spirit in the power of the Holy Ghost. I want the church to be born on the day of Pentecost. Now we knew the church was coming but the church had not yet arrived. Jesus told us the church was coming in Matthew chapter 16 verse 16 when he said upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We knew the church was coming because when Jesus was hanging on the cross before he could complete the the father's purpose and finish the work The Roman soldier had to grab a spear And stick him in his side And when he stuck him in his side The Bible said water and blood poured out Because before you can ever have something And give birth to something How many know the water must be broken And you've Come on in here somebody We knew the church was coming We knew the church was on the way In fact Romans said The earth was groaning For a manifestation of the Son. Of God, we knew the earth needed the ecclesia, but she had not been born yet. But on the day of Pentecost, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, God said, It's time for my bride to come forth it's time for my child my children to be to be released into the earth and so when the day of pentecost had fully come they were all in one place and here's what god said to me today i know this is gonna sound crazy but there is something significant for this house in that word one accord when the day of pentecost had fully come they were all in one accord how many know he's not talking about a honda You're not talking about a Honda. When the Bible said that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord. That word accord, you need to write this down. I know this sounds crazy. It's a big word. It's a Greek word. But it's the word God gave me for this house today. Homothamodon. Sound like a dinosaur. Homothamodon. It comes from two Greek words. Homo and thamodon. Homo meaning the same. Thamodon meaning passion, zeal, fiery pursuit. This is not what I was going to preach today. I can show you what I was going to preach today. It was not this. But when I was in my prayer time early this morning, God said to me, not only was the book of Acts the biography of the church, It was the blueprint for every person who would ever be anointed and called to lead it in the future. See, when you read the book of Acts, it is dangerous to come to the book of Acts and simply extract the history from it. If you read the book of Acts, as nothing more than a historical antidote of of biography and bibliographical information. Then what you do is say, what you're saying is, God started the church one way, but is willing to come back for something less than what he started. I want to tell you today that the kingdom of God was birthed in fire, birthed in the wind of the spirit, birthed in the power. Supernatural power. And for us to simply come to the, and there's some people in here today, you read the book of Acts, and you think, oh, that was our beginning. That was not just a biography of our beginning. That was a blueprint of existence. If it took the fire and the wind and the supernatural power of God to birth the church, then what arrogance for us to assume that we can somehow, through our own knowledge and wisdom, get so puffed up that we know how to do this, and we know how to accomplish this without the same Holy Spirit that birthed the church. I need to confess to you today that we don't just we don't just read Acts as a historical fact. We read it as a blueprint, as a model, as a paradigm of who we should be and how we should be operating in the earth. I don't ever read in the book of Acts where Acts was all about making people feel good and making sure everybody understood what was going on God can explain himself God can introduce himself to you and he don't need my wisdom or my knowledge to market him in some way that makes him more accessible sometimes the greatest thing we can do is get out of the way and let God be God and show himself as God hallelujah I wish I had the voice to preach like I feel on my insides today. Oh my God, at 8 o'clock this morning in my office, the wind of the Spirit blew through. I felt the power of God touch me. I dropped by this house today to tell somebody we're not just here to celebrate Pentecost as history. It's a blueprint. We got a bunch of historical Pentecostals on, on today. On today, <laughs> got a bunch of historical Pentecostals. We get real, um, we get uh, real emotional, and we get very sentimental. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's the only time of the year some preachers will even speak of the Holy Ghost turn my microphone up or give me another one I don't really care I came to tell you today that if the only day we talk about the Holy Spirit is Pentecost Sunday then we have failed in our objective we are miserable people there is nothing within us that can help this lost dying, depraved dead society I don't know if you believe this but I believe it takes the Holy Spirit to be who God has called us to be Acts is not just a biography. It's a blueprint. You ever want to know how we ought to be looking and acting and behaving? Go read the book of Acts. Preachers. Well, I want to read the latest church. There's some serious problems with our most current church building trends. I'm not going to get any amens on this, but I'm going to preach it anyway me find out and read it like I wrote it. I mean, just go back up here because this is pretty good. When you get in the Holy Ghost, you can write as good as you can preach. Many preachers and theologians see the book of Acts, and we appreciate it as a book of history that records the beginning of the church. But the recording of the beginning of the church is clear. The church was born in fire. That is a historical, scriptural, undeniable fact. Most theologians and even pragmatic reformed preachers do not contest the fact that the church was born in the fire of God's holy presence. Many churchgoers and nominal believers are willing to acquiesce that the church of Jesus Christ was born in the fire as a matter of history. But the book of Acts was not only a biography of the life of the early church, as I said once and say again, it is a blueprint for every subsequent generation to follow in building the Lord's church. The book of Acts is more than just a collection of stories. It isn't a book just telling us how the church came to life. The book of Acts is a blueprint on how to stay alive. Look at your neighbor say, ha, 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 staying alive. There is great danger in approaching the book of Acts to simply observe and extract its historical content. The book of Acts is a paradigm. It is a paradigm of what our encounters should look like. When you read the book of Acts, you must ask yourself the question, is their experience like the one we're having? Is our passion like the one they had? To believe that they in the early church experienced something greater than what we will experience in our day is to believe that Jesus left the church in greater power than the one he's coming back for. I still believe Jesus is returning to this earth. I still believe in the return of Jesus Christ. I do not believe we're going to sit around here and fold our thumbs and take communion and, 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 and never see the return of the Lord. I believe the Lord is coming back to earth again. Anybody else believe Jesus is returning? This is why there's no holiness in the church anymore. There's no holiness in the church anymore because we believe we're going to stay here and live as little gods forever. But I believe that if you have the hope of the return of Christ, you will walk in purity before him. you live every day circumspectly saying, God, would you help me? Make sure my heart is right today. I want to see you in all your glory. So let me just keep going. we were born in the fire the church of the Lord Jesus Christ you hear me please was born in the fire of God's holy presence we were born in the blowing of the wind of the spirit we have no problem believing the church was born in the fire but there is a lot of stuff being said about staying in the fire now I'm not mad I'm not jealous, I'm not a contrarian I do not want to seem arrogant or proud I openly confess to you there are people in the kingdom of God much wiser, much more successful, much greater better leader than I am but I'm going to tell you this today we don't know what we're doing I know that sounds very confrontational But I'm afraid we don't know what we're doing. Jeff, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) And the problem is we're convinced we know what we're doing. Knowledge puffs up. And when you start defining success by how many people come to your church which is a very dangerous thing to do then the more people you have the more convinced you are you're successful but my question is not how many are here today my question is of those here here today how many are truly born again following Jesus and I don't know the answer to that I don't know the answer to that. I will only tell you that I am no longer able to be satisfied or infatuated with the size of our crowd. I don't want you to come to church but not go to heaven. I don't want you to sit. I don't want you to sit in our church on Sunday and go to hell because you heard the gospel and you heard about Jesus and you've seen the power, but you never met the Lord and you never heard his voice and you never felt his goodness permeate your soul. My question is not, are you a member? My question is, are you born again? <laughs> Jesus, help me preach today. Are you saved? Do you love the Lord? Do you follow his word? Do you keep his commands? Do you love people? Do you walk in harmony? Do you have a right spirit? Oh, I got so tore up this morning. God started showing me, convicting me, speaking to me. I felt the wellspring of goodness start bubbling up on the inside of me. Had to get up from my my place of study. Had to walk around my office. It wasn't big enough, so I walked out in the hallway. Oh, I had to walk around and praise God for His goodness. Had to thank Him that I was born again. Hear me today, church. We can't just read this book called the Bible. We can't just read the book of Acts as if it were something that happened 2,000 years ago for a unique special group of people. I'm telling you right now, the earth is still crying out for and groaning for a manifestation of redeemed people who are full of the spirit of God, who are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just a biography. It's a blueprint. And I'm afraid we have resorted to building the church with our own specs and our own drawings keep going here. I have a concern that what we're doing and the way we're doing it needs an adjustment for the sake of our future in the church. I'm not talking about just our local church. I'm talking about the kingdom. We don't know what we're doing. I need to confess to you that that the liberty that we need to make decisions that advance the kingdom and the church in the, wor- in the world and our generation. The freedom necessary to make decisions that will advance the church and the kingdom it takes freedom to make the right decision. You can't be bound up by the fear of man. So I'm going to say it one more time so you catch it real good. The freedom necessary to make decisions that will lead the church and advance the church in this generation. That freedom is found when you confess before God that in my flesh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to be a preacher, God help me here. I don't want to be a preacher that appoints himself as Yahweh's marketing director. As if I have to package him so delicately and so relevantly that I make him accessible for the unchurched. How insulting to God that you and I think we have to reduce him in his glory so that unchurched people who are unregenerated and don't know God can find Him out in a real cerebral way that they can put their brain around Him and we have, we have packaged God and marketed God in an in accessible way. He'll blow your mind. And if He doesn't blow your feeble mind, I didn't preach Him big enough. We leave churches with an idol of God in our mind. The kind of God we like, the kind of God we can snuggle up to, God, Jesus. The kind of God, the kind of God that makes him easily approachable. I want to tell you, I should do nothing to make you approaching him more difficult. But the worst thing I could do for you as your pastor is reduce him into some man-made image that makes you feel like, you know, he and I are real close to being on the same level, We are not. He is infinitely higher, infinitely greater, infinitely wiser, infinitely more powerful. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. I bow my knee and surrender to his lordship. It is not my house. It is not my church. It is not my way. Thy will be done, O God. Thy kingdom come over. (laughs) did. <laughs> we have polluted his power by reducing the image of God and we call it we call it making God accessible I tell you when Saul fell before him on the throne on the road to Damascus Jesus was not interested in Paul being, feeling warm and cozy, Jesus said I am the Lord who you persecute, why do you kick against the bricks and they're laying, I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now, they're laying in the dust Soil of a Damascus road. Nobody had to promise Paul a a steak dinner to get him to follow Jesus. Paul said, Who are you, Lord? And what do you want me to do with the rest of my life? My God, we need to see Jesus. Make him accessible. Nope. I want to make him known. make him known and people won't stay away from him make him known and they will run to him most reasons people reject God is because those who represent him have reduced him to just another one among many I tell you there is no one higher there is no one greater there is no one with more mercy no one with more love than our Jesus this is not even what I thought I was going to preach listen to me go home today and begin to read the book of Acts it's not just a biography of the early church, it's a blueprint they turned the world upside down let's go do it you know what I think I'm going to start getting all my ideas from the book of Acts (laughs) look at your neighbor say neighbor let's get some ideas from the book of Acts. You want to turn the city upside down? Have a prayer meeting. You want to see the lane walk on the side of the road? come out of a red hot prayer meeting with Jesus boiling over on the inside and when lame men look at you and I, they say can I have a little bit of gold and be like Peter, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have what do you have Peter, i got it from a prayer meeting I just walked out of it's called the duneless power of the Holy Ghost and if you ever get it on you it'll, it'll resurrect every death thing in your life, the power of God is real I said the power this fire we cannot tame this wind God is God all by himself he doesn't need me and my knowledge and my marketing strategy to make it appealing or accessible I come to say let thy kingdom come let thy will be done let God arise let God be known Let God be worshiped. Let God be adored. Let God be praised. Let God be lifted up. This isn't about us anymore. This is about him and his kingdom. This is about him and his glory. And if we're going to follow Acts as a blueprint, I got... Stuck on that word accord. I didn't plan on that one. When the day of Pentecost, when birth, time had come, and when the church's moment to be born had arrived, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one Homohammodon, say, Homohammodon. Not a dinosaur. It's one passion. It's actually used to describe the crescendo and movement of a symphony. Thymodon is everybody reading off the same page, watching the director growing in intensity together, wow. and the sound of many, the sound of many coming together to create one. We're all reading off the same page, watching the maestro growing in intensity, crescendoing together. God said, "Kevin, you go tell them Acts is a blueprint, Amen. and you tell them if they're going to experience my fire and my wind." and my presence. Some of them are going to have to transform or transition. Can't handle this one. You either, and I either, and we have to get on the same page that God has given this house and transform for the sake of keeping the spirit of unity and the bond of peace. Unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. I don't even know who I'm talking to. This was so like bam to me. God said, that word came to me this morning. Tell them they're going to transform or transition. Because the dead weight of you and I singing off different song sheets is slowing down the move of God for this house. I know not everybody in here can understand what I'm talking about. We've got visitors, and you're feeling like, what's going on? As the pastor of this house, I just want to set it in order this morning. The song sheet we're singing off of is the vision God gave us for this house. This is a house of revival. It's a house of glory. It's a house pursuing the presence. It's a house that will let God have his way. And everything else has got to line up with what God has articulated for this house you can't have your way and God's way simultaneously That's right. That's right. I can't have my way and God's way simultaneously one of the great assignments of the enemy in this house is to divide local churches say pastor I ain't never heard you preach like this before It's because the measure of warfare has never risen to the moment that I'm standing in right now. There is an assignment for the enemy to slow us down. He will not destroy the church. Because Jesus said upon this rock, I'll build it, the gates of hell shall not prevail. The church will never be destroyed, but I found out something far worse than a destroyed church is a church that is moving slower than the pace God has originally created them to be moving to. The book of Acts only happened because the people of God had one mind, one heart, one passion, one zeal. They were crescendoing and moving together. You cannot move together if you don't like people and you're always full of offense. And by the way, I'm preaching this today and next Sunday I'm going to begin a series on offense because there are some people, precious people of God, sitting in our church right now who love God and speak in tongues, but your heart is so full of ought. That God cannot receive the sacrifice that you're bringing him. And God said, I love this house too much to let it keep moving forward at a pace less than the one that I called it to move to. You're going to have to get rid of your own preferences and transform, or you're going to have to transition. And I want to tell you that in love today, but it's time for us to pick up the pace. You say, well, my attitude don't matter. Nobody knows I'm mad. Your attitude contaminates the atmosphere. There are people sitting near you that might have praised God today, but they felt the effervescent vibes coming off of you, and they thought, what's her problem? What's his problem? The problem is we need to get our hearts right. We need to repent, and we need to say, I'm sorry. And listen, we might need to do that to not only God, but to each other. Say amen, church. Pastor, I can't believe you're going down this road today. No, a true shepherd understands that the sheep need instruction sometimes. I'm much more interested in our progress than I am you liking me. You can't be sitting in the house of the Lord resenting leaders and resenting the direction the church is growing in and always mad that we're not doing that or saying that or going there or doing that. I have one agenda to waste and spend my entire life advancing the kingdom of God and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not gonna spend my whole life trying to help born again, spirit-filled Christians get along. time to move forward. And you can't have a move of God, the kind God wants you to have, until you get in homothamidon. The bigger we grow, the more ideas come. We don't want to shut people down, but I cannot spend my whole life Trying to make this house the one that everybody in here, all their preferences get met. And every everybody gets their kind of church. I can't do that. You have to make up your mind if the vision God gave us and the one that we've articulated that we believe came from God is one that you can align you and your family with. And if it is, I'm asking you to get on the same song sheet and get in the same mode in mind and get your heart ready to run and not grow weary and stop slowing down. Because every time you have a difference of opinion, you get on Facebook. Or on the hell, I mean the telephone. That's yeah. <laughs> not homothymodon. It's divisive. And we gotta move forward at a pace God's calling us to. If you're offended, I'm gonna preach on it for the next two or three weeks, so I don't want anyone to think. The staff will tell you. I had a whole other series prepared, and I'm going to preach that one in July, but the Spirit of God moved in one of our staff meetings. Pastors will tell you this happened, and God said to me very clearly in prayer in that meeting, you need to teach about offense to this house because the enemy, the only way he will win and hinder us from being who God called us to be and hinder us from doing what God called us to do is for us To to forget that we have a responsibility to move forward in unity, and we just go around setting traps of offense for everybody. And we got all kinds of people, before you know it, we don't, but we're not going to. But before you know it, if you don't expose that spirit, you got people sitting in the church offended and they can't even worship God. Homo thalidon, one accord. It was the prerequisite of the move of God. I cannot even, I, I cannot even articulate and tell you all the prophetic words that God has given this house. I don't, I don't, ha- I don't even have a way to record it all. The words that God has spoken over our future. We're not just a local church. We're a regional church touching the world. Yeah. It's not just our little thing here. When we started 19 years ago with 34 people, I had no clue this was going to happen. If you think that we've seen our best and I'm willing to just have decent church services and ruffle no feathers till the Lord comes, you are out of your flipping mind. A spirit of offense. A spirit of harboring alt and bitterness will not be will not be accepted and tolerated in the house of the Lord. We've got to love one another, and we've got to jump in this accord, this, this homothymodon, where we are all moving together in passion, in glory, in the power of God, where we're all excited that when we get to this place, not only do we get blessed, but our families get blessed, our children get saved, our sons and daughters come home, my God, church we must come together and if you're sitting in here wondering what I'm talking about good if your heart is pure and free of praise God I dare say there are more people in that place today than there are the other place that I'm preaching about but isn't it amazing how just one little seed You say, Pastor, this is Pentecost Sunday. Everyone's supposed to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can't get baptized in the Holy Ghost if you got jacked up mess in your heart. God said, tell them I'm changing attitude. I'm adjusting attitudes. And I'm changing agendas. And There's some people in this room. I'm closing with this. You think you're going to do your own thing and prance your own thing and do it your own way? I'm going to tell you right now, God will not honor rebellion. He will not honor people who have an attitude of, I'll do whatever I want, say whatever. He doesn't honor that. And I want us to all be blessed. I want us to all prosper. I want us all to live in the commanded blessing of Psalm 133. I want our children to inherit the good things of God there's some surrender and some submission there's even some tough work to be done to get in homothamodon and the more we grow I love it the more we diversify I love it but what that means is we have to be more willing to die to those things So that we all can gather around this common goal, this common assignment of loving one another and advancing the kingdom of Jesus. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost was not just a coincidence. The blueprint of the book of Acts shows us that before the Spirit of God was poured out, hearts were connected in love with one another. If you are, I'm glad and celebrate and I bless your life. But if while I'm preaching, that little thing in your heart, helping you to identify that area where you have opened up your heart for, for division or offense, we've got to get it under the blood. Say, Pastor, is it really that big a deal? It is a major deal. You walk into the upper room of Acts 2, they're not doing this. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then, shockingly and unexpectedly, tongues of fire sat on all the mad people. They were all in homo thimodon, one accord, singing off of one page crescendoing together into the things of God and their unity could not be ignored I beseech the body let us run together love one another forgive freely hold no grudges I probably should not have told you that next week I'm starting a series on offense because now you will conveniently go on an extra early vacation so as not to subject yourself. But I want us to walk in freedom. And I want you to be able to come to the house of the Lord and not feel something in your heart preventing you from getting closer to God. It really is possible for us to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace and to love one another. And when we come together in one accord and get in one place, Oh, I was going to talk about the place, but I can't. Because there's something about when we all get together in the same place. Oh, I watch online. That's great when you're on vacation or at work. Or when you're sick. But if you're sitting there clothed and in your right mind. And you're having tea and crumpets. And you're three miles down the road. I pray the fleas of a thousand camels. up your legs (laughs) until you come to church. I'm kidding. (laughs) There's something powerful about when we get together in the same place. Look at your neighbor and say, we need church. Well, the Lord is bigger than the church. Yeah, He is. But you're not the Lord. And the fact that he called us to be one and come together, even when he knows we have such different ways of thinking, means he loves us too much for us to remain comfortable. Amen. Iron sharpens iron. How many ever heard that scripture before? Amen. Iron sharpens iron. Do you know that iron sharpening iron doesn't happen without friction? Yes. Amen. Sparks fly. Sometimes, you know, you just preach my message for me, Elder. I have a thought, and he says it before I think it, and then I say it, and he thinks he told me it. (laughs) I love you. I'm just kidding. Sparks fly. Friction happens. We grow together. We love one another. And although we have differences, none of our differences are big enough to keep us from the same common goal we have. Can I confess? When, oh, no, I don't want to say that, I don't want to say that. Make up your mind. The most important thing we do is get in homothomal together. One accord. When we come into one place in one accord, suddenly's yeah, suddenly's. Yeah. How many want some suddenlies to happen in your life? I'm going to give a, I'm going to give a blueprint and a map over the next several weeks of several things. Number one, how to recover from being offended, I'm being serious, how to recover from being offended, how to become less offendable. I really believe God is giving me some strategy, not only for me personally, but for the house on how to live less offendable. And you better learn how to live less offendable because Jesus said in Matthew 18, it is impossible to live a life where offenses don't come. And I really think, in the midst of revival and God blessing us and wonderful things being spoken over our church, God is saying to us, not only am I calling you up, I'm growing you up. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be called the sons of God. It does not say, blessed are the peacekeepers. Some people think that because they don't say anything at all, they're making peace. You're not making peace. You're getting madder and not showing it. God wants us to be a house that knows how to work through something to get to the destination God called us to. Stand with me, am through. Listen, this is a very different day than I thought as I planned all week long. I had a Pentecost Sermon Sunday. Pentecost Sunday Sermon. I just think God is far more interested in our going somewhere and progress than he is us. preaching something that is true but has no inspiration for the moment. Some of us, the greatest demonstration of spirit-filled life we can experience is to make up our mind we're not going to be contrarians and disagreeable for the rest of our life. This doesn't mean that I'm not interested in seeing people work through things. I, I don't I hope my heart is not articulating this in some way that makes you feel like it's you know this way or the highway but transformation is necessary and if you can't transform then transition is okay I don't like that I don't like saying that But I'm more interested in you keeping your heart right than you sitting in this house if we constantly embrace leadings of God and ways of doing things that are always disagreeable with you. If if we can't sing off the same page together, that don't mean that you don't love God. It means we might be so different that this is not the place. People are right now freaking out that a pastor would say that. But do you know how many churches go nowhere because everybody in the church has their own song sheet to sing off of? God is going to bless our church. He's going to bless every family connected to it. Our sons and daughters are coming home our finances are going to be blessed our jobs are going to be blessed our children we're going to be whole and strong and healthy we're going to be leaders in our generation i believe god is raising up kingdom leaders in this house that are going to shake our generation but none of those things can happen if we're not in homo one accord how many received this today lift both hands please Both hands. Father, we lift our hands together as an outward sign that we desire to walk in this accord together. Please help us, God, to grow in our maturity, to grow in our faith and in our godliness so that our hearts are not susceptible to the offenses and the traps Satan would set for our lives. I thank you for revelation that is coming to this house in the next several weeks that is going to take us from one glory to another glory, from one level to another level. And I ask now in Jesus' name that every person in this room who in their heart feels that they needed this today, God. I know I needed this, Lord. Would you please let them experience your love and mercy? There is no condemnation. You're not burying us in hopelessness. You really do want your people to move forward together. And I pray for a spirit that will comply. I want my spirit, my heart, God, to be one of compliance with your word and your spirit. So bend out of me all the imperfections and help me to be aligned with your word and your people so that we are all singing off the same page moving at the same pace heal uh-huh, thank you Holy Ghost heal wounded relationships in this church I feel the Lord is in this right now heal wounded relationships in this church I pray for people to be able to speak truthfully with compassion and long suffering and tender heartedness so that resolution can come And I pray in Jesus' name that people would be able to hear each other and not just respond to what they're feeling. Let us have ears to hear, God. I ask for the Holy Spirit, who is the glue that holds the people of God together, to go to work at this moment and from this moment forward, healing and restoring brokenness, relationships that have been broken, families that have been divided people that are at odds with each other who sit in the same sanctuary every Sunday oh God would you heal our hearts and uh, I feel like God is saying when I heal their hearts I'm sending a fresh wave of revival I receive it for this house God I, I, I receive it for this house I thank you that every person in this room Father no one in this room is beyond the scope of your love and mercy and grace and I praise you for that Lord in Jesus name now I want you not to clap, not to move. Stay right there. I want you to get your tithing offering ready. Let me tell you why I waited till the end to do this. Because Jesus said, if you have aught in your heart, lay your tithe on the altar. Go fix it with your brother, then come back and give it. I believe today this message is the beginning of the healing and the beginning of the fixing. And if and if that's not how you feel, and 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 you feel like I have I have said something today that would cause you to believe that is the sign for me that I'm to go to another church. I want to say this in love. I bless you. I love you. I want you to grow in God and in his kingdom. And I would never want to be a part of you missing out on what God has for you. I mean that purely. I don't say that with any kind of arrogance or pompousness in my heart. I want you to be in the will of God. And if today... There is something so irreconcilable in your heart with another brother or sister in this room that you don't feel like you could ever get it healed and under the blood. Then I want you to know that I'm going to continue to pray for you. But maybe God is saying to someone today, that transition is necessary. I just want you to know you're blessed. And I want us to be able to give our tithe and offering to God today with a pure heart. And nothing hidden in our closet called our soul. How many want to have a pure heart before Jesus? So we lift up our tithe and offering today. Some give in the offering plate. Some give online. Some give by text. However they give today. I pray you'll bless their seed. I thank you that tithers are going to experience the open heavens of God. The devourer who devours the seed will be I thank you, you will bless our people coming in and going out in the city and in the field. In Jesus' name, say, I am blessed. I am blessed. Say, from the top of my head the of my to head. The, bottom my the bottom of my feet. Me, Me and my house, my children, my children, my family, I everything, everything I have, I, have. I, give to God, I give to God. And it is all blessed. All blessed. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Now, before you move, I want to honor one person who is here. I was going to do this earlier, but it wasn't the moment. Stay right there. It is an honor of ours this morning to have the principal and director of the Chattanooga Boys Prep School here. Brad, would you lift your hand? Brad Scott, can we tell you? And his precious wife. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Many of you know how much that school and CGLA mean to us and it's an honor for him to come today and his precious wife and their two-year-old child. We're just honored they're here. How many will continue to pray for them and for the work that they're doing in the schools, charter schools? Come on, let's thank God for their, for their ministry. It really is a ministry. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., noon, and then tomorrow night at 7, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all three days, 7 a.m., noon to 1, and then, um, 7 till 8 at night, we have prayer in the sanctuary. It's our time of fasting and praying, and we'll culminate with Saul on this coming Wednesday night. How many will join Devin and I and our team in praying? Amen? So I want you to be part of that. Let's come and give our offering today. You can check out more information on your, um, on your Connect card or online. Our calendar is there. I love you. Love your family. I want you to go in the peace of God today. The Lord be with you. Go in peace.